Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. Please, God, help me. I'm joined, as always, by Bobby Schmitz. Where you at? Hoody Oh, we got a full house. I'm nervous. I'm scared. This is the Slasher Radio 100th episode special, and Bobby Spitzer had an idea to bring a bunch of people on, have a big-ass roundtable, and we did it, and I'm nervous about it. We we are joined by, I mean, if you guys keep up with us on Twitter, you know all these motherfuckers. Uh, we're joined by at IR Chris. Chris is here. Uh, Chris, where you at? What up? There you are. At IR Chris. Um... Where the hell did I go? Okay, at <laughs> at Radio Rob one two three Rob Humphreys, sir. Where are you? What's going on, guys? This is all Bobby's fault, huh? This is all Bobby's fault. Every bit of <laughs> we're, it. We're like the Avengers. We Terminator to get rid of the crickets. <laughs> oh God, we gotta come together. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is. I'm blaming Bobby for come all together. This. Don't come at all. <laughs> and That's right on fun. cue, Pope Corky, <laughs> the Pope Butter, big uh, Pope. Where you at? Yeah, there we go. Hey, All right. Uh, we also have the resident Jersey specialist, camp counselor Greg at Never Quit Sigs. Where you at, bro? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Mm. And last but certainly not least, we are Amber. You need to help me out at Amber Scroggins Six. Scroggins. Scroggins. I was right with Scroggins. Damn it. Yeah. At Amber Scroggins. Uh, I feel bad for you, Amber. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm looking forward to this stuff. You sure? You're surrounded yeah, by degenerates. You can go first, then. I have two sons that are in their 20s. Can't oh, get more God. degenerate than that. Oh, so she's seen somebody. We were talking about peeing with the pants all the way down. She's oh, Amber's yeah. been there and done that. Oh, she's yeah. drowning that testosterone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, this week, it's our 100th episode. I can't believe we've done this over 100 times now. Uh, we, we're actually, guys, we really want to thank you for coming on, like, you know, Bobby did have a really good idea. We joke about it, but you know, it's cool that you know it, this little community and spending this episode together is what it's about. What makes it special? So, thank you all for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, that. big time. We appreciate you guys a lot. Oh yeah. The fact my first tweet to you guys was to do the fucking hatchet special, and you did it. We did it. Fucking well, shows why we there. Yeah, yeah. Hatchet was was an, an interesting one, but uh, I I do feel I should mention. This is the first appearance on this show by Jersey Crickets. It is. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that you we, credit the We have a whole new guest in the Crickets alone. It's the background. So now you have Crickets for when, you know, it's way too quiet. True. We have ambiance, as they call it. Well, if if it'll make you feel better, I'll be inside in a few minutes. Nah, you're good. I, I enjoy the crew. Oh, I, I, don't worry about it. I know you're jerking off on the side of your porch or whatever is going on. It, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Ouch. Gotta water that grass well, somehow. Sure. <laughs> Jesus. Get the hose. Get the hose. <laughs> Get the hose. <laughs> 
Oh, dear God. Uh, let me get the shout-outs out of the way. Everybody was picking on me about the shout-outs before we started, so let me just get it done and over with. Go to 12nightsofhorror.com. Go to promotehorror.com. Go to horrormoviesandstuff.com. Also, check out our friends at friday13thfranchise.com. Guys, they have an ultimate Jason Goes to Hell fan group that includes awesome fans along with the crew. Do you? Do you, I want to hear from all you guys. Do you think Jason Goes to Hell deserves a fan group? No. no. <laughs> uh, actually, I know this is going to sound crazy coming to me because I hate the fucking movie, but at the same time, it's one of the most interesting ones. So, yeah, I can see a fan group <sighs> for it because it's completely batshit. I would I say it's probably one of the worst because they tried to shoehorn it in so fucking hard onto the Evil Dead franchise of yeah. basically making Jason a deadite. When really, Jason is more of a revenant. You enter his space, you are in his territory. You are going to get messed up. It's like they took a Friday the 13th movie and they merged it with a, a hidden, and then they merged it with a um, soap opera. Pretty much. It was really weird that everybody in that movie was in their 30s and 40s after an entire series where the oldest person would be sometime, somewhere in their 20s. Yeah. I mean, you uh, you take Jason X with people. A lot of people give Jason X a lot of shit. I like Jason X. Well, what it is, it's it's if Jason was in fucking prison for fucking ever, and he was literally given all the time to regenerate, he would fucking start turning into back into a normal person over time. But he would no longer be undead. He'd just be fucking regenerating to the point where he's a literal unstoppable killer. He's Wolverine, or like a ten-year-old boy, like at the end of Part Eight. <laughs> I, that's a way to look at it. <laughs> you give him the hockey mask and the machete, I'm game for that. True. Uh, uh, so a naked eight-year-old boy with a hockey oh, mask. Oh, that's, oh, that's wow. the movie. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Everybody hold on. What is wrong like with a you, young, dude? A young Casey Jones. <laughs> hey, if Casey Jones was doing the fucking helicopter, Shredder would not be able to stop that. <laughs> oh, 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 now we're going to the helicopters. First with sandboxes, now with the naked eight-year-old. What's the matter with you, dude? <laughs> Gotta be careful because we're gonna get red flagged. What one day? I, I, you invited us, motherfucker. You invite me back. I don't know. Again, I blame <laughs> this all on Bobby. This is all, this is all Bobby. You guys managed to make it a hundred episodes, and now you're gonna end up on a watch list, right? This is it. This is the Slasher Radio hundredth episode <laughs> I, and finale. This is, it. this is it. I already got the police following me. Remember me? Oh yeah. So as far know. as far as a, a fan group, yes, absolutely, because there are fan groups for. Uh, a movie out there that I'm a fan of, which is Rubber. Oh, here we go. Are we starting the, the top one. three now with you, with Rubber? <laughs> rubber neither makes the top three best, favorite, or worst. So, but like, Is that what influenced and got you started in the horror? Rubber? All I'm just saying is after Bobby Cheeks and fucking Mikey Bones make rubber make a fucking hose, we gotta have Rubber versus hose. That's not that's not negotiable. Link, we would have to get in touch with the people from Rubber and make that happen. We're gonna have to. It's gonna be like a rap battle, but with movies. Yeah, it's gonna be like Freddy versus Jason, the hose <laughs> versus the tire. The crossover event of the fucking century, right there. True. Rubber versus rubber, right? Long rubber versus round rubber. But uh, all right. So that that's the end of that. All right, guys, we're done with the shout-outs. Go check out all them. Um, we thought, again, another Bobby Spitzer idea. You're on a roll, Mink. Do you want to tell them what we're doing? We are going 
around the table and everybody's going to throw in what got them into the genre with three movies that really meant a lot to them. We are all literally sitting around a table right now. And it's round. And I forgot to tell you guys, there is a circle jerk involved after. <laughs> so I hope you're all washed up and clean. You're going to need the hose after that. We're going to need the hose. But not only that, we, we're going to have to pick. We're going to have to find out who's middle. Not it. Not it. Mind your arms. Yeah. I'm going to leave that one alone. Oh, yeah, Amber's out no part of that one. Amber's excluded yeah. from that one. Well, you could throw footballs in the assholes of us. Oh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> Just golf balls, but... Are you good at throwing? Yeah. Everybody's got a roll now. <laughs> <laughs> he has a that's a hell of an intro. Yeah, three three most prolific, important. I don't know the I actually had to Google the right word to use when I was messaging you guys. Like I wasn't quite sure, but I think prolific is a good one. Kinda defines almost. So um let's start with Rob. I want a little bit of calmness and insight and professionalism <laughs> to start this because I have a feeling it's not gonna last long. So let's start off. Is that what I bring to the show? I do believe that's what you bring. You fucking give us the merino. The merino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Oh my god. You beam them you beam them three movies straight at us. Well start let let's all go one by one, because then I don't want anything to get oh, okay. lost and okay. you know, if we get okay. any doubles which I hope I hope we don't have too many doubles. But uh Rob, you go ahead, let us know your your I don't know if they have to be in any order. Maybe we'll start at three if they're in order. I don't know. Give us one of your movies. Um, yeah, I don't really have them in order. Yeah. Uh, when, when you brought up the topic, the first one that came to mind was Creep Show, uh, because it's the first horror movie I remember watching as a child. Oh, nice. Yeah, and really being into it. Like, I, I uh, you know, and it piqued my interest in a, a fun way. Creep Show's kind of a fun movie, you know. Okay, okay. I, I like that one. Anybody, any comments, objections? What do you guys think Creep Show? I think Creep Show, if you wanted to break it it down, is probably one of the better Stephen King films ever made. It is just directly led to Tales from the Crypt. It is pure camp. It is pure violence. It's pure gore. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated what George Romero, because George Romero tended to stay pretty, you know, straightforward with a lot of his stuff, but he really went crazy with that one. Uh, a lot of things that were then in later comic book movies really started with Creepshow. The idea of having multiple panels within the shots, you know, and having the pages turning and shit like that. It's like there was really a, uh, you know, it's something that hadn't been seen prior. You could almost say it inspired a lot of the uh, scene transitions for the Hulk movie that Ang Lee made. It was just they were literally taking comic book panels, but from a <laughs> horror movie. And transition to a fucking horror movie. Yeah, it actually, when I saw that version of the Hulk, I was immediately reminded of Creepshow. It was really strange. Fair. fair. I'm, I don't think anyone's fighting with Creepshow. Yeah. No, there's, there's no, we can go on and on about that shit. Good, good, Rob, good choice. Bring in the wood early, Rob. All right. Thank you. There you go, man. <clears throat> All right, who, who wants to go next? Who, Chris, where, where are you, Chris? What are you doing over there? If I had to say probably my favorite horror film that, probably influenced my love of the genre. Right. I would have to go with Event Horizon. While it's not Mm. while it's not the greatest horror film ever made, it really crossed that that threshold between horror 
and sci-fi, and it mixed it in a way that actually felt really well, while the entire subcult of the people who wanted to see the Paul W.S. Anderson cut, the movie was great for what it was. It was a Honda House film, but done entirely in space, and you could take that and go in so many other directions that it was a freaking amazing film for what it was. I just don't feel they ever capitalize on what it could have gone into the sci-fi genre, bringing horror cross genre. You know, I just want to point out, and that that's a great pick. I just want to remind everybody who's listening, this isn't like a top three favorite list, top three best movies of all time, favorite movies. This is just stuff, you know, that is we felt was, you know, and I want people to know, like, that's not you saying, arguing it's the greatest movie of all time. Because, you know, it's there's that blurred line of horror in there, but it's in there. Yeah, it's what meant. It's what meant something to you and stood out, and it brought you, dragged you in to the horror end, right? So yeah, good, good pick. Good pick. Anybody familiar with it? I haven't seen much of that. I yeah, know. Horizon's a movie that when people ask me um, what's a good horror movie they should watch that they probably haven't seen, I'll point to Event Horizon, um, and people tend to like it. It's a, uh, it's a fun movie. I would second that. Event Horizon's a good watch. Um, it's, it's got a good payoff. Plus it's got Sam Neill. I mean, you can't go wrong with the cast. The cast alone kind of makes it worth it. Uh, Sam Neill, I think, I think Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Oh, Oh, very skinny Lawrence Fishburne. And and a couple other people. I think, oh, I think Jason Isaacs is in it. Who's, uh, was been in, has been, was, uh, in the Patriot. I know that, um, and uh, and he played what, what's his name's dad in the Harry Potter franchise. Oh wow, Dr- Draco's dad. Huh? Yeah, the little blonde. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the little blonde. I know next to nothing about Harry Potter. I just know that he's a little piece of shit. Yeah, uh, I don't know much about <laughs> Harry Potter either. He plays a good villain. Let's put it that way. Yeah, his, yeah, Jason Isaacs plays a great villain. Yeah, I actually have never seen the entirety of Event Horizon. I have like an almost allergic reaction to um oh, what the fuck is his name? Paul Anderson. Not PTA, but the Paul Anderson that made, you know, for, uh WS WS Anderson. WS Anderson, yes. Thank you, exactly. Yeah, I I despise the majority of the stuff he's ever done. So it's just been really hard. Like people are like, oh no, Event Horizon's pretty good. I guess I'm gonna have to give it a shot, especially if one of you motherfuckers are uh, vouching for it. Well, this what is else, one of those films else? that was made when it was when he wanted to make an R-rated film, but then halfway through production, they, the studio told him you need to dial it back. And this is the same guy who made Mortal Kombat. Mm. Oh damn! Who, who while mm. it was a great video game movie as far as at that time, they told him to dial it back the violence, and that's why there's that whole thing of people want to see the W.S. Anderson cut. Because there's like a whole 15 other minutes of uh, film that is just them showing what the other side of that portal is. And it is probably the most disturbing film that they've ever made. And they had to dial it back because of focus groups. Wow. Mm. See, that's why I like you get so many things from so many. Event Horizon wouldn't even have been on my radar for this Mm -hmm. list. So that's why it's good to hear everybody's stuff. I like Amber, why don't you go next? Well, this is going to show that I'm old as fuck. <laughs> but what got me started was I was a teenage werewolf with Michael Landon. That was Ooh. the very first scary movie I ever watched in my life, and the blob followed after it. So oh, between damn. them two movies, 
those were the ones that actually got me started on it. Wow. Good picks. Nice. See, I that I was thinking about that. Like, I wanted something like that in there from the, the actual beginning of horror, but they didn't fit my list. You know, that's not... It wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have made it. So I'm glad you had that. That is awesome. That's where it all came from. Yeah, that was a good pick I mean, too. Granted, you know, it it doesn't have the visual effects that no. we do now. Yeah. But sometimes when you look at a lot of horror movies, the older ones they have a lot more to tell than the newer ones has. Without question. Seriously, think about it. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, it scared the hell out of you, and it was so simply made. Nowadays, it's mostly gore and jump scares, where the whole film had it all going. That's what Bones brings wrong. up a lot, too, is, you know, you leave it to the imagination, and, and it could just go from there. They exactly. did a lot of that. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes not showing what happened makes you think about what actually took place in that scene, and it makes it more terrifying than you can think of. It keeps you in that moment. Whereas, like, Saw and whatnot, you have, like, the explicit scenes of, like, a dude's face being impaled by an Iron Maiden or being crushed by a block of ice. But when you think about what takes place in between those cuts, it's like, what could have happened when you go from the killer stalking the victim all the way to the people that's left alive in the movie? I'm I'm sorry, I just couldn't help but laugh because I love the shot of Donnie Wahlberg's head getting crushed between two giant blocks of ice. They they have kind of taken like way far out ideas and like if you, you guys seen the human centipede. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, that's that's where we're at yeah. now. It's weird. It's like that's what they have to that's the lengths they have to go at now, mm-hmm. you know. You didn't have to think of that shit back then. I would think human centipede is a extreme reaction to what the success of saw was yeah yeah where like oh people want to see this violence they want to see this gore but they don't want to think about what actually led up to that point yeah and that's what i think makes saw a better movie than human centipede simply because saw left a whole lot of stuff ambiguous to Mm -hmm. a certain point whereas human centipede is like these people can only survive by eating the and you get your bleep ready, the shit of the person that's in front of them. Right. Except for the person right. in the front. Yeah, the person in the front got a little lucky. The yeah. Well, they get the choice of it. They get bad. the choice of vanilla pudding or cuttlefish. <laughs> cuttlefish. <laughs> oh, cuttlefish. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. True, right? It is a dark Like, you start, you look at that shit, it's got a dark sense of humor to it. Like, yeah. But they, that, that, see, I don't, fuck all that shit, man. That's what I'm talking about. Shit like Teenage Werewolf was able, which so, it's a, movies are the only thing that can make, you have things that have the ability to make things easier for you, and you still mm-hmm. end up with a worse product. Like, how'd you do that? How'd you manage that? It's yeah, weird. I don't know. And they made three fucking movies of it, too. Oh, man. There's three of them, right? Yeah, there's a bunch yeah, of them. You got, like, Teeth. Teeth was another crazy movie like that. Like, yeah, no. Oh, but Teeth was so good. Oh, my God. No. Teeth was so we good. We are not about to talk about dicks getting eaten right now. We, <laughs> we I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just really saying. I mean, just first, because first. Bobby wakes up in the middle of the night about vagina dentate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Good, Amber, good pick. We got a lot of diversity here so far. 
Uh, who wants to go? Pope, why don't you grace us with your presence? What, what is it? What, what's on your list? All right. If we're going to go for the first one, I mean, this seems, it's a little obvious. Um, so the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I spent a lot of time uh, with my uh, my parents both worked. So I spent a lot of time uh, hanging out with my grandmother growing up. So at six years old, she showed me um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think within a week or two, I got a call. My parents got a call because I was telling everybody about how when Freddie chooses you to be his new boyfriend, he sticks his tongue out of the phone. Uh, and I wow. was like, yeah, so I was really fucking with a lot of kids. And they, of course, called my parents like, hey, do you have any idea what your, your son is listening to? So you're saying yeah. the Pope is the start of the satanic panic. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I assume so. And the Pope is known for touching yeah. little boys. <laughs> I don't think that's the Pope. <laughs> that is right. The Vatican, the Catholic Church, mother yeah, touching little. But the Pope personally, <laughs> the Pope man, shit, probably has him delivered. Through <laughs> what? Just oh, wait, through wait, Amazon. Wait for the get off the short bus. <laughs> Michael Jackson was probably the Pope undercover. Oh. He... You go tell me to leave Michael alone. Dude. <laughs> it's, it's hard like though, man. It's hard. You can't. You, you can't. You can't. I don't know. You can't pass up a good one. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> it's difficult not to. It's so easy. And you know, when he was alive, he had to get pissed every time comedians did that. He's like, "Come on, really?" Because it's so funny. Hey, we hate on it. Me. <laughs> I thought we were friends. We were just hanging out. No. Oh God! Ask Corey Feldman. You guys are ignorant. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. You guys are ignorant. Uh, all right. I mean, I, this is another one. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nobody's gonna fight with man. I I have a similar story with my grandmother. She would have like we would be sitting down for dinner mm-hmm. if I was eating with my grandparents. Nightmare on Elm Street. Wait, you slept with your grandmother too? Why would you say something like that? What's the matter with you? My grandmother's a nice old woman sitting nice. She's doing She's probably watching Jeopardy rerun drinking tea right now. What's the matter with you? Well, I watch I watch Jeopardy with my grandmother too. That's what we're getting at. You should be ashamed of yourself. We are gonna pray at the end of this episode. <laughs> right? Hey. Hey, Bundy had a lot of fucking favorite co-workers when he was working for that suicide hotline. It doesn't take away any of the horror of him drilling holes in people's heads trying to make zombies like injecting semen directly into their brain. Well, what the hell does that have to do with either one of our grandmothers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying your mother's into a lot of fucked up shit. Oh, shit. But yeah, no, but the, the point was, when you know, sitting down eating dinner, Nightmare on Elm Street, sitting on in the... In the kitchen, dude. That's true because there's a couple times they come down and this shit would just be on. Right? Yeah, Bobby. Bobby knows personally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just that I think those Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween too, but it was more of a movie. Like you could really Nightmare on Elm Street was so much more rewatchable because of Freddy. You know, just his character. Like, yeah, you could watch Halloween, but you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was a lot more faster paced. And you know, entertaining just to sit and throw on. So you know, those those movies really did start getting into the homes a lot more. You know, so yeah, definitely makes sense. You could argue that Freddy was the start of making the icons, right? Whereas like horror had like your Terminator, you had your Rambo, you had your John McClane's. Horror had its Freddy early on, yeah. and it wasn't until later sequels that other characters like. 
Jason, Michael, and whatnot would become the people that the the icons that people would rally behind to make as this is the, what the franchise is about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more. Uh, Jason was. I mean, he was iconic. Everybody knew Jason Voorhees, but he was like a almost looked at as like the underground sort of like the cult kind of thing. As, yeah. as especially when you look at Freddy, who was so pop and in everybody's face, it was you know you're right. It definitely was a broader audience for it. Good shit, good shit so far. Um, Greg, let's hear what you got. Okay, so now this is like what got you into horror. Correct? Yeah, an important, prolific correct. in your horror bounty. Well, one of the first horror movies I remember watching, and I was probably seven or so, and I was over at at. Uh, one of my cousin's houses and for some reason I don't know why but Freaks was playing and I was like yes I fell in love with it because it's such a good story plus it had carnival people Mm -hmm. yay right yeah which reminded me of the gobble 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 yeah exactly and then it got twisted and evil and wrong and it was great so that's what really got me into the probably the first horror movie I remember seeing was Freaks. Wow. And I'm like, oh, God. God is, that, is that your usual metric for how much you like something is whether or not there are carnival people around? <laughs> no, but carnival, so carnival, <laughs> carnival people certainly help because it, carnival people are creepy by nature. True. Right? Yeah. You, Carnies, yeah. But Right. But you, it, it's kind of like a, an accident on the road. You you want to watch but you want to look away yeah kind of thing yeah. and that's what gave them a lot of shit too making that movie is because they actually used real people with those deformities and mm. it was um <clears throat> at that time like people couldn't believe it like they would even put them on screen yeah fact, like they exactly. actually Carnies like... were the the class of people that it was like gypsies for so for so many generations that it was carnies were the things that were people were like these are terrifying people in society that they don't belong, that they are different. And it was an easy thing to make people focus against that. It was a, these are different people that they are, don't belong, that they are not things to be trusted. And that's, I think why freaks is at an excellent selection in this. It's, it was something that basically put something in your face like these are a group of people and they don't belong and this is why you are disturbed yeah yeah and they, they, yep. we did we did an episode on that and like you know watching it now of course it, it doesn't have all that gore and stuff like amber said but <laughs> you know you got to remember that at that time what was going on that was unheard of it was almost unspoken like people i read about it and they there's there's a whole nother cut like they edited a bunch of shit out and people were leaving the theaters and having miscarriages and shit because of what what the, what they were watching and you got to remember too like back in the 30s and shit they still had segregation there was a lot of stuff like people were in a whole new mind frame so to see that shit especially you know like the pinhead and I don't give a fuck like if I could smoke a blunt with anybody in the world it'd be that dude <laughs> with the cigarette <laughs> it was so yeah. weird. Who rolled his own cigarettes. He did roll his own cigarettes. Dude, it was cool as hell, man. I gotta tell you, Bobby, I'd put you in a cage and you'd be Bobby the chain-smoking badger. I can't can't help it. My gimmick would be for people to put the hand in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to smoke cigarettes no, 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 and no, 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 cigarettes no. with your ass. No, 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 no. no. Like, I dare you. Come here, come Put here. <laughs> Bobby, just licking those fingertips hoping for a nicotine fit. That's it. But no, I mean, Freaks, I remember that was, Mink, that was your first episode. It was. You brought Freaks and... I, I, you know, the Gooba Gaba, Gooba Gaba, all that stuff. Everybody's seen that. Like, I've seen parts of it, but I didn't know. I didn't see the whole thing. I didn't know what the whole thing was. And when you brought that on, I was like, okay, that's it. It looks weird. I got, I, you know, I get it. I understand. I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? But it, it, it had its own avenue. That's crazy, though, Greg. That is a nuts pick. Yeah. And, and honestly, it didn't need any gore no. i mean if they were to re- and if they were to remake it i don't think it would be as good no. or even remotely as good and, and they would try and put gore into and it. cgi it didn't need it yeah <laughs> and cgi because i mean although it would be great to pay these people but but that's you know if they choose cgi so be it yeah i agree but they wouldn't i don't think they would yeah, yeah they'd go cgi in a lot yeah. of ways if they were to remake freaks it would have to be done in a lot of ways that it was done like get out where you have to do the, I'm not sure what the proper term it is, but the societal pressure and being politically correct. Like, they would have to lean heavily into that side. But at the time, Freaks was the greatest film to just take people off their pedestal and make them uncomfortable. Yeah, they didn't give a fuck, you know. They broke their all kind of class regulations and... It was crazy. And then, like, we, we, if you go back and you listen to the episode, Bones brought up a good thing. Like, they actually showed you what life was like for those carnies. Like, what they were going through and uh, being on the road and shit and handling, like, their own drama. Like, people are coming in and they're attracting and shit, but they have their own fucking lives going down. And it affects them, and that's what made the movie. Yeah. They were their own little society at the time. Mm-hmm. That they that mm-hmm. they were the outcasts. It, I mean, to make a modern modern modernization of it they were like the juggalos they were a people of a, a cast of people <laughs> he's 100 percent right though you're right though yeah they are a cast of people that they choose a way of being and they don't care what the outside society thinks of them i mean that's what made freaks what freaks what it was that they were just a group of people that were so different that they were just so outside of the normality of what people thought of normal society and that it made it. them exactly so if they were to update freaks what you're saying is is that at least one or two of them should be juggalos or at least have an icp soundtrack <laughs> yes <laughs> you're not wrong yo i can see that that would actually be fitting the great malenko is 20 years old just saying. god damn <laughs> are you just trying to make it feel old at this point Dude, ain't that crazy, man? You know, the closest thing that I've seen actually come to what you were talking about, where they have their own community, was um, the American Horror Story, the freak show. Mm. You know, it showed them all mm. living in their in their little places and having their own little thing and doing their own little thing. But Freaks is definitely one of the top movies ever. I mean, yeah. if you really want to get into something, get into Freaks. It's a good show. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think a lot of people who try and kind of just I don't know I guess cash grab that um that little department like freaks you know like circus carnies and all that I think they miss out on the simplicity of just their everyday life is kind of horror you know so tap mm-hmm. into that a little bit you're hundred percent right. Yeah. 
Mink, we're up to you. What's going on? All right, man. I'm going to knock out one for both of us. Is that cool? <laughs> Are you sure about that? All right. I think I know which one you're going to say, too. Scream. God damn it. Right. See? Damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Scream, like, you know, like you talk about Freddy and stuff like that. That was a little bit more our time. And mm-hmm. it's funny that it's a Wes Craven one, too. But um, it was it was the horror movie at that age. I think we were probably about like six or seven. And um, it was bigger than life. You had the costumes for Halloween. You had people, the phone going off, doing the voice and shit. Mm-hmm. So that really, I think, kick-started. The internet. You had the internet, yes. you know. And, yeah. and uh, I think that kick-started both of us, man. Like, that one stood out and had a profound effect. And like I said, it's crazy that it was Wes Craven. I think it makes sense that it was Wes Craven. Yeah. And damn you for knowing me so well, because, yeah, Scream was going to be my second one. Yep. I think it, for us, and also looking at it from a horror community kind of thing, why I had it on my list was because it kind of kick-started it again. It was a revival at that point. Right. I had revived it. That's what I had noted down. It right? was after that six-year wasteland between 1989, seven-year wasteland between 1989 and 1996. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a wasteland, but it was getting there. It was getting to that point. Friday the 13th was done to death. Halloween was done to death. You know, Freddy was kind of, you know, it had a few shitty movies around this time. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was it was dying. They was like, oh, okay, we've seen it all now. Boom! Scream from Wes Craven. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge. And when you consider the icons that led up to that point, your Michael, your Jason, your Freddy, mm-hmm. Ghostface was something different. He was just a dude. And all right. he cared about was, I'm going to stick this knife into your chest. Yeah. And that's yeah. all he was. And he, he, you know, you could say whether or not Scream was the most iconic film of all time, but the fact that after that movie came out, that caller ID tripled nationwide. Mm. Oh, yeah. It was just that fear that that guy on the other end of the phone maybe knows who you are. And maybe you should be afraid of who knows who, who knows where you are and where you who you are at that time. Well, I think at that point, because like me and Bobby's dads did it to each other all the time, like that you'd fuck all and fuck around. You know, like, oh, I see you, and this yep. shit, like, that was a thing already. Mm-hmm. This movie brought, oh, shit, what if they really do fucking see me? It made it real because it wasn't a boogeyman. It wasn't like a Freddy. It wasn't nothing to, like, this could be anybody. Like, you're liable yeah. to get a fucking dude, go to the Walmart or whatever, and buy the costume and start killing people. It also added that sort of whodunit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We hadn't seen since, like, maybe Friday the 13th, even though the first Friday the 13th is set up as a whodunit, but it's not... Really a whodunit because the answer you're given at the end is kind of comes out, out of left nowhere. Field. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I, I like, really, really enjoyed that of the, about the Scream movies, trying to figure out who the killer or killers were. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, with Scream, the the killers were front and center, like from the moment this movie truly begins after they kill True. the advertised main actress Drew Barrymore. Whereas opposed to Friday the Thirteenth. Pamela doesn't really appear until like halfway through the movie. All you see is first person perspective of her. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a killer out there, but you don't, you're not giving anything, not even yeah. the tiniest little bit of who it could be. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it it comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay, well, here we go. We're going to have an investigation and it's going to be these 12 people in this room. And then all of a sudden you find out that it was the cousin visiting. You know what I mean? It kind of cheats the first part of the 13th. Yeah. 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 It it also, you're right. It changed the whodunit thing. It it would change so much. Oh, we could go on forever about Scream, man. I mean, no arguments with Scream. Damn you, man. You took one. One of my favorite things about Scream is that it spoke to how many horror movies prior to that people would complain, like, how could one person or one killer or whatever do all of this shit? And so they revealed one killer, and then they revealed the second killer. And then at that point, everything made sense. Like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, if it's two dudes dressing up in this outfit, like, of course they could have pulled off all of this. It was such a smart movie, even with Jamie Kennedy giving the rules and shit like that. It was one of the first examples of taking the horror genre and the tropes that it developed, and it presented them to you with the rules, like you said with Jamie Kennedy, where it's like, don't have sex, don't drink, don't do this. Mm. Don't say you're gonna, I'll be right back. Isn't that wild, man? But then it but then it it realized that those were these the the tropes of the genre, and it immediately went into to like, well, what if you knew the, these rules? But fuck you. Mm. Nah. Come on, man. I feel a little woozy over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all our wrestling listeners, it's breaking kayfabe. Exactly. It's breaking <laughs> that third wall. Uh-huh. That's it. That's what it was. But yeah, good shit, man. All right, well, since you took my second one. <laughs> yes, piece of shit. Bastard. I'm going to just give my first one and then skip next one. So my first one, I'm going to probably take from a couple people, the original Halloween. Mm. All right. Nope, not for me. You son of a bitch. Sorry. I'm going to get back sorry. to you in a minute. I'm going to get back to you in a minute. Slap the shit out of you. <laughs> it, it, I put it first just to get it out of the way. This didn't start me because, you know, I'm, I wasn't alive when this came out. So it didn't start me in it, but I wanted to get out of the way. But it was big because it kind of solidified. Maybe this is my solidifying stage of, you know, I want to give an honorable mention real quick. I, I want everybody to know I didn't put these in here because I didn't want to sound biased. One of them was Leprechaun. Not for nothing, that was a really big movie. Yes! Yeah, motherfuckers, I didn't even put it on a list, so I was, I'm being completely unbiased. Boo. But Boo. it's an honorable mention. Now, every time I hear your voice, I'm going to imagine you looking like Warwick Davis in that fucking <laughs> Good. Good, because you know what? a fucking shoe. That's right, that's right. But the first thing to get me into horror was Leprechaun. I snuck out of bed and I crawled on the side of the couch. My mom was watching Leprechaun lady shit and I'm laying on the floor along the side of the couch. She can't see me and I'm watching that shit, man. I'm just sitting there quiet. Every time she moves, I'll, you know, start backing up a little in case. And the, I blew my own cover when, uh, I forget the actor's name said, fuck you, lucky charms. I busted out laughing and got my ass whooped. But anyway, so that was really... You mean one of the greatest one-liners in a horror movie to date? Of all time. Like, Fuck You, Lucky Charms is a Nirvana moment as far as horror movies go as one-liners. That's what did... That was my first real look at. That's what made me say, what is this? Fuck You, Lucky Charms. This explains so much, especially the fact that your mother was alone (laughs) watching Leprechaun. Yeah, she was just sitting, chilling on the couch. 
Dude, at, at least he didn't give it up because he had to shit or nothing. And, and then didn't right. notice her son just like chilling out, crouched behind the couch next to her. No, I, I, all I had to do was crawl into the living room and just lay there. That's all I had to do, and she couldn't see me. <laughs> That's literally all I did. I was half in the living room. They had this what, under right? the barbed wire? Like you're, you're and making at me that think time, that there was that wall. Along. They had that wall, yeah, and I'd just crawl in and sit, like, just lay lay on my stomach, military style, wow. watching hey, Leopard. You were good to go, because the TV was go. right there. Right there? That's what I'm saying, right there. You had a prime fucking spot. Yeah, and if she started, if I heard her moving or getting up, getting her shit, getting up, I'd just back my ass up, yeah. back on up into the room. Dude, I would have had, every time I did shit like that as a kid, I either had to shit or piss. I don't know why. <laughs> Dude, I always had to pee. Always. Anybody else do that shit? <laughs> always. It never failed. And that's why the carpet smelled so funny in that one scene. Dude, that's why, yeah, because I couldn't fuck. I would, I'd rather hold it in and piss my pants to give my yeah. spot away. <laughs> Yeah. The entire shade of the carpet underneath that couch was an entire shade of yellow. We're going to have to put yeah. Bonnie in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I learned to have people put their hand in there. They let you out. <laughs> you want you want your hand back? Okay, let me go. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, we don't got to say much about Halloween. You know, I, I think it was just that's my real solidification. Shit, I forgot you said that was fucking Halloween. That was my pick. I, my point, I had to mention Leprechaun. I left it off the list, but goddamn it, I'm getting it in. It's not a good, it's not a worse pick because when people think about like the start of the slasher genre, mm-hmm. everybody starts with Halloween. I mean, sure, they forget, you know, Black Christmas and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But really, when the start of when slasher genres became a genre, when they became an icon, it was Halloween, and yeah, part yeah. of it was because of purely John Carpenter, like that soundtrack. Yeah. Like Michael was a thing, but that soundtrack made like when you heard those few piano keys play, you knew shit was gonna go get real mm-hmm. real fast. Mm-hmm. I learned to play that on guitar. He did so did much yep. with so little in that because he constantly used these really wide shots where. I mean, a lot of us grew up watching it on television screens, but I mean, I must have been amazing watching it in the theaters where all of a sudden he's just right on the edge of the, the complete edge of the screen, peering out mm. from behind bushes. Or, you know, all of a sudden she looks out the window and in the dark, he's just standing there and kids are trick-or-treating in front of him. There's just these little moments like that that lasted. You didn't need much more than that. It The music, the the soundtrack, I think, actually helped of Halloween the most. I think the soundtrack is what made Halloween the movie because when you heard that music, you knew that this was Michael. This was somebody that was going to do nefarious deeds at that yeah. point. Like there was no there was no question at that point that there was something going on. Like when it comes to the slasher movie genre, like you have to start at Michael. That's true. Yeah. And and like I said, this didn't this wasn't like what cuz <clears throat> I notice we're all kind of picking, um, for the most part, like a funner type of movie, like a more energy type of Halloween was very slow. You know, it had the the piano instead of like Jason with the loud music, you know, all that stuff. So it, it's, it was a very different approach. You know, this kind of showed you that professional realm. It looked so good. Everything was so crisp. And, you know, you had Jamie Lee Curtis and all that shit. It was so much more of a top uh, higher shelf quality of movie also, especially at that time. 
yeah. Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street were made by people who gave a shit. Friday the 13th, yeah. the entire series, including the first one, they were mercenary. Well, they knew exactly what they were going for. Halloween is masterfully made, and um, it's, it's extremely well written, too. I think that's one of the things that none mm. of the sequels quite got right, and most other horror movies don't get right. Um, Halloween's secret weapon, I think, uh, in my opinion, has always been Deborah Hill, and she wrote a lot of the dialogue for the young girls in the movie, and I think that that's what helps them feel more like uh, actual teenage girls as opposed to what we get in most movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's I, something that they didn't, they weren't able to recapture through all the sequels until the 2018 one. Yeah, it's uh, it's just masterfully made, and uh, it is a lot slower. It does move slower. My son had begged yeah. me for years to watch it, and finally, I don't think he's ever seen more than the first half hour. He always falls asleep every time he wants <laughs> to watch it. It just doesn't move at a pace he's used to. It's one of those movies you gotta, you can't, you're not gonna like that as a kid, and that's why I said this is the solidified thing for me. So when I was young, you know, I didn't really sit through it much either. But you get old, you know how to appreciate that. Mm. So, yeah, Halloween, man. Uh, Rob, number two, deuce, um, deuce. It's funny that you mentioned Halloween. I almost put that on my list, and then I almost put Black Christmas on my list. Mm. But then I thought maybe I was thinking a little too much about it. Um, my favorite subject. If it was the 2006 version, I will blow you. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> the, the Slashers has always been my favorite subgenre. Um, so I settled on a movie that's actually not good, but um, made sense for this list. And that is uh, Friday the 13th Part 5. Oh, my oh, God. Because wow. I am so fucking pissed that I was not on that episode. Sorry, go ahead. It is um, the very first uh, slasher movie, or actually maybe the first horror movie that I saw in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first horror movie I remember seeing in theaters, and I believe it's probably the first slasher movie that I remember seeing as well. Uh, but again, not a good movie. Wow. To be fair, they didn't go the Halloween 3 route where they completely ignored Jason existed. They were right. trying to use that the mythos of Jason. <laughs> is what was going on in part five. So at least in some aspects, they were at least trying to stay true to the series. You know, and I mentioned it last week, they could have been cheap and just went completely off. You're right, man. They, they stuck, they dug themselves a hole with part four because I hate part four. They dug themselves a hole, but you know what? They, you gotta give them credit. They stuck to their guns and they really, you know, tried to pull some salami with it. I just, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's a very good movie. Um, you know, regardless of the, you know, faux Jason and, and all that, um, mm. it, I, I just don't, it's just not an entry that I like very much in the series. I just don't think it's very good. It's know, built like a porn film because it was directed by a porn director. Is, isn't that the one, there's just some stuff that doesn't make sense about it. If you really try and think about, I don't know, it just doesn't work. It was the palate cleanser you needed to go from Jason being just this unstoppable hillbilly to the undead revenant that he would be associated with for the rest of his iconic career. Like yeah, Jason yeah. like Jason is more about his myth than anything. And the fact that part five was this were there was this guy that was using that myth to try to pass off killings that were going on in that area, it worked. Right. Can I just tell you that 
you saying unstoppable hillbilly as you're obviously going out onto your front porch where all the crickets are <laughs> is really fucking funny. No, the cr- crickets are there because I think that it's just boring, the entire franchise. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh, god. How dare you? There wow, look at this one taking a shit in the soup. Go ahead. <laughs> there are a couple like listen, Jason has some really great kills, but overall franchise, meh. <sighs> I I really to me I don't that, know, Hall- that Halloween, it's there's no personality. See, I disagree because as much as I love Freddy and all, and you know, don't get me wrong, Mike Myers and shit, to me, he's like the face of the entire genre. Like when people say hard, that is. hockey mask is the first thing that pops up to me. Yeah. When you know. when Jason was killed in part four and that was the definitive end of a live Jason, quote unquote. Yeah. That was the point that the entire area around Camp Crystal Lake became haunted. At that point, Jason became a revenant. If you entered his area, you yeah. were basically dead on arrival. But I think that's what made Part 5 stood out from the rest, is that they ventured off from that, and they were able to still make his presence and what he was, you know, he was bigger than that. Fair. He, 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 that's, that's the point he became a legend. He became the urban myth. myth. Yeah. As far as cinematic values go, that's when he became the modern-day Freddy. He became the, the Slenderman. Like, at that point, if you were in that area and shit went raw, it was blamed on Jason. It was blamed on Jason because everybody in that area knew the myth of Jason that for the course of those, what was it from part four, part part two, part four, Mm. that it was like four days of just violence. Mm. Like, at that point, anybody who came in that area were a target. That if you were in Camp, if you were even near that lake, forget Camp Crystal Lake. If you were in that lake, yeah, you were a target to Jason. If he was my, in that water, one of my favorite things about Part Five is they wanted to load up the kill count so much that they have some of the best disposable characters of any movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. There's the two leather dudes that are trying to fix the oh, car. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 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 These greasers who just show up in the middle. Exactly. They look yeah. like they just wandered in from another film. It's like, oh, look. Vinny! They would be in like Fucking stuck in their car trying to get it started. In the middle of the fucking sticks. Yeah, and they have an, an entire conversation about how one of them needs to take a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them look like Joe Pesci from My Cousin Vinny, man. Identical right out of that motherfucking point. <laughs> Both of them try to be Joe oh, Pesci. Then you got the guy, the balding guy with the mustache, and the coke addict, and he shows up at the diner. Yeah. And it, you know, and he does this whole thing in the in the mirror, like it's hysterical. Every every five minutes, just to pad out the kill count, there are just people who wander in from another film and get killed, and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> and to be fair, what's his name mate, that played Jason in that movie? He was good. Yeah, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, he was good. There was a lot of head nodding towards, hey, I'm the villain. Like when they were talking about dragging one of the bodies away from the, what was it, the first or second kill? The ambulance guy was there. was like, hey, you talking to me? Yeah. It's like, 
yeah. it's like you couldn't head nod faster towards that. That's the guy that, that, that's the killer. It's but also, that, it you know what? Desperation. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was him literally trying to use that. Jason is this known icon in this area, and part five, like as much much shit people give that movie, it fits the mythos of Jason. Like you had the one guy that tried to use Jason as the escape goat, mm. and he did his best. I mean, granted, blue mask versus red mask. You know, I don't know how many photos of Jason there were at the time, but he tried his best to be like, this whole area is haunted. Maybe blame this monster versus look at me. Yeah. I, I love their, when they're trying to explain that why it's Roy. It's like, oh, look, we found his wallet. Look at all these clippings from the newspaper. And one of them is a close-up shot of Jason about to hit somebody with a machete. And I've always <laughs> wondered, who the fuck took that picture? <laughs> How did it end up in the newspaper? Polaroid, bitch. <laughs> they caught Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot is Jason. Is that is it part five where they do the thing at the end where it looks like they're going to lead to Tommy Jarvis being the killer? Yeah, that was yeah, part two yeah. of the uh, Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was a lot of a big part to the reaction that Halloween three got. That the fact that everybody's like Halloween three is the worst movie ever because it didn't have Michael in it, like yeah. Once once they went to part six, like we cannot do this without Jason, and yeah. that's when Jason became the the undead killer, the uh, the the revenant, the zombie, you know, whatever undead term you want to give him, he became the haunting of that whole area. Oh yeah, and it was. Purely because I think because of that hate of Halloween three, it was like people people like we want to go to a Friday the Thirteenth movie to watch Jason kill kill counselors. We want to watch them that's kill it. teenagers. Yep, that's it. That's you went for that for one damn reason. And they gave it. To you. But can we all agree that Part Five at least had one of the best opening scenes for Jason? I mean, they oh, dug the dude out. Oh, yeah. Come out the grave hard as fuck, ready to kill a kid. <laughs> True, that was pretty badass. It was probably the best use they were going to get a Corey Feldman at the time. Yeah, because there was no way they were going to get an adult Tommy Jarvis. If this is somebody who survived Jason and moved on, Tommy Jarvis was damaged from Part Four. There's no doubt about that psychologically. And if they were going to try to move to the Tommy Jarvis saga. They had to do that with part five. Well, part five starts what I think is one of the most fascinating things about the series is that the first movie takes place supposed to be like 79. Then the second movie is supposed to be five years later, even though it was made in 80. So already you're in 85. Then the next three movies that take place within like 24, 48 hours or something. And then part five, all of a sudden Tommy Jarvis is older. And they keep jumping forward five, ten years. So if you're really paying attention, like part six is already in 1999. And well, and he fucking time skips way out with Jason pay, X. Yeah. If you pay attention to the gravestones for Pamela Voorhees, like even her death from the first movie gets moved several years forward and backwards based off what movie you're watching. Yeah. Like the 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 fact that the timeline, then that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you could call 
Jason being any of the Jason movies taking place in a future movie would make no sense. But you know what the fact is? He's an unstoppable revenant. Like as long as he's there, he's always going to fucking kill people, regardless of the date given. The only thing that can keep Jason from killing is a lawsuit. Apparently. Wow. Look at you. Wow. Zinga. Zinga. Uh, good one, Rob. Good oh, one, Rob. excuse you. Excuse me. Excuse you, you piece of shit. Bastard. Oh, God. Uh, Chris, you're number two. If I had to give my number two, it's going to go to the movie that has probably the most iconic monster in a horror film that actually made me afraid as a child. But if I'm going to go with the movie that actually has a long-lasting effect on me, I'm going to go with Return of the Living Dead because Tarman mm. is one of those one of those monsters in a movie film that has lasted with me for the longest time. Tarman is probably design-wise one of the creepiest villains or not villains mm. monsters in a horror film that has just stuck with me for the longest time. Return of the Living Dead is just iconic as far as bringing the zombie mythos and making it punk rock as hell. Here's something about Return of the Living Dead that I find fascinating. I love the movie. Somehow, and it, it, it uh, from what I understand, it wasn't that big of a hit in the 80s, but somehow that started the idea that zombies eat brains. Because before that, it was that zombies eat flesh. Through the Romero films, through the Fulci films and everything else. Well, that was, everything. that was because explicitly the director and producer, I think, was a split off of the Night of the Living Dead franchise. Yeah, Richard Rubenstein. Like, like but so they they literally de- probably as far as you're concerned, they literally defined the zombies want brains thing and they literally left their stamp on history with probably that one mi- that one movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I find so fascinating is that after that, you look at the Simpsons, you look at other parodies and what do the zombies start saying? Brains. Brains. Yep. Exactly. And it's so fucking weird because it was one film that really wasn't even that popular at the time. But somehow the zombies eat brains thing caught on, regardless of all the other films where zombies ate the whole person. Nobody I, knew that Miguel Nunez, Nunez, whatever the fuck his name was, was going to be funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> True. That too. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that movie's an excellent pick. I haven't seen it since I was probably in junior high, but there are still scenes that I remember from that movie. Um, yeah, it's that's a great film. I should probably revisit that one. Yeah, oh, it's man. on Amazon. Oh, I watched it recently, yeah. man, and it was punk rock as fuck, dude. Like they really went all out. Like her dancing in the graveyard, butt ass naked in the graveyard. The guy was like, "This is this is my life. I I lived this shit." I was like, "Yeah, this is fucking definitely 1985." <laughs> that and just showing the undead as being semi-intelligent from their their life, like when they kill all the paramedics, like send more cops. <laughs> <laughs> it had such a great sense of humor about it. It was one of the first really fantastic versions of a comedy horror film, and they played it straight, which is why it ended up being so so much better than almost it had any right to be. Mm. Because if they, like, constantly reminded you, like, hey, we're all kidding around here, it wouldn't have been nearly as good. Well, they I even mean, had like, a good story on how the zombies 
came about. You know, and they spent a good portion of the movie him explaining it. Yeah. I mean, when you break it down to the fact that, like, when you break down Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead is in the same conversation because that is literally what defined the zombie mythos. Mm-hmm. Without without Return of the Living Dead, you wouldn't have your brains. You wouldn't have your – these are the unstoppable horde that's coming towards you. It, like with Romero's thing, it was a lot of, lot of social anxiety at the time, yes. whereas Return of the Living Dead is like, these are things that are coming to eat you. Yeah, they don't care. Be rather than a social experiment, which is what Romero did with a lot of his zombie films. Yeah. So it introduced the eating brains, and it also introduced the fast-moving zombies, from what I understand. That fun. Dude, I'm lo- I can't say it enough. The diversity going on here, it's really opening all our eyes to different stuff. I am loving this. Amber. Yes, sir. Let's hear your number two. I would have to go with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, because God. it really brought a lot of shit forward, though. Seriously, cannibalism, look at all the wrong turns. If it wasn't yeah. for Leatherface and his family eating the shit out of everybody. Texas Chainsaw and Halloween almost are like the two big giants. Exactly. You know, you, you know and, and it's hard to mention one without the other. It'd be hard to define icons of horror without Halloween and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre because yeah. because of the impact that they made on a again don't know the term before as far as like sociological impact goes they were the ones that like these are things that will happen now think about it mm. exactly yeah I'm, I'm I'm just hating it all but no that Texas Chainsaw was a huge movie like, it really was. It was big. You know, I don't think any of the sequels, I'm not saying none of them were good, but I don't think any of them did the franchise any favors. You know, like, I, I just think it, it's Are you stood... saying Dustin Hoffman wasn't the greatest thing that ever happened to Texas Chainsaw Massacre no, 2? I'm, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing about nothing. All I'm saying is... Did you say Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, I think you meant Dennis Hopper. Yes. Okay. No, I, I thought I was losing my fucking mind. Yeah, but I mean, no, don't get like I said. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I think that this is one of the probably only franchises we can look at on one movie alone. The first movie, exactly. y- y- right? You don't really need to know anything past it. They laid it all out on the table right there, and you're right. They just left it there and said, "Yeah, they made a few others, but as far as historically, we can look at it as like you said. Think about this. One movie done." And yeah. for the most part, every single sequel basically would... copied the same exact structure right well, down they... to the last third of the movie being... They had to because it was based on a true story. Yeah, it was. It stood very true to that, too, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, the original movie, great. Every movie after that, the last third of the movie, has the dinner scene with the family oh, yeah. and the grandfather yep. and the sucking on the finger, and it happens every yep. fucking movie. That's what they do, though. That's what they do every night. That's their family dinner. Every time. I mean, when you break down, when you break down Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the two most iconic films, as far as most people goes nowadays, are going to be the original film mm-hmm. for what it brought and what ideas it it presented, mm-hmm. and then the remake. Yeah. And yeah. Like the sequels, the sequels for either the original series or the remake did not elevated to icon status 
No. Despite the fact they had, despite the fact they had strong actors like Arlie Army, but the original story of Texas Chainsaw, you cannot deny the fact of the impact it had on on horror yeah. films going forward. It's also very um, the way it's made. It's when you watch it, you can just feel the heat and the dirt and everything in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just you feel it so much when you watch that original film it's, it leaves you feeling gross yeah you and feel the hopelessness too like they were really fucking hopeless mm-hmm. it was an exploitation film without it actually being a pure exploitation film kind of like yeah. it didn't it didn't go all the way into a far off extreme Smut of it level. but it but it presented ideas like if you watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's not that much gore in it. Not a but ton. Yet it's, yeah. But yet it's considered one of the most... It's considered one of the most gory films ever presented to date because it presented the ideas of that these people were being horrifically butchered in that course of the movie. I, I'm glad that you brought that up, Amber, because I, it's not in my list. I'm glad that you did. It does definitely deserves to be in there like that. Like, I know it had a lot of influence in, in people as far as them getting into the genre and everything. And like I said, it really does. The two heavy hitters is the original Halloween, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Definitely. What I've always really found interesting about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is uh, it's Tobey, right? Tobey Hooper? That's how you pronounced it when he was still alive? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He made the second one. The second one is batshit. It's so different in tone from the first one. The second one is straight up like a gonzo comedy. It's the most dense Hopper movie you can make. Yeah. And it's really funny because Tobey Hooper, he made it that way. He's like, well, I'm going to make this one even funnier because people didn't recognize that the first one was supposed to be a comedy. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. I like it. I like it. That was good. Pope. What you got? Number two. Oh, uh, piece shit. Yeah, this is one that I, uh, another one that I saw really early on. Um, the original Dawn of the Dead, uh, Romero. Mm. Um, I still to this day when I watch this movie, I remember the first time I saw it was probably like 11, 12 years old, and just the sense of dread throughout the entire movie was just something that actually stuck with me, especially as a kid, where I just. Remember, it took me a while to finish it. Like, I kept watching it. I had it on VHS, and I kept watching it in segments because it would just made me feel so depressed. So it, it really just, it's a movie that really, at least with me, affects me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, see, I like that there's, like, the icons are getting on here. And that's kind of why I had a Halloween on mine, because I, I feel like they need to be, and I'm glad they're sprinkled in. You know, we are sprinkling them in a little bit. So I like the obscure things where we wouldn't really know, but the, I feel these need to be in here. You got fucking two of them on there, you son of a bitch. Whoa, now, whoa, now. Hold on, I got to pump the brakes on you guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Episode 100 is going to spill over into episode 101. This is a long one. We had a lot to get through. The list is banging so far, as you guys just heard, and it only gets better. So don't forget to come and check us out next week to hear the rest of our horror roundtable, prolific horror movies in our life. 
Um, after you listen to this, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, you know, to let us know what movies make your list. The rest of the list is going to take place next week, episode 101. Thank you for listening to episode 100. This has been fucking awesome, dude, interacting with you guys. Oh, my God. I can't wait to do it 100 more times, you know? So, um, yeah, you'll be able to check us out next week. Me and Bobby will give, like, a little update on the the beginning of the next episode so it won't be, like, 100%. <laughs> See what I did there? 100? Yeah. It won't be 100% part two of this episode, but, you know, most of it. So you hear the rest of this episode next week. We are already looking big on episode 103. So next week you'll get the rest of this one. The week after that, we have Thom Matthews played Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th Part 5, Return of the Living Dead. I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome actor. So we're going to have him on, and we're going to sit down and chat with him for a little bit. And... Oh, also, I didn't mention in the shout-outs, I forgot. For all our football fans out there, you guys know, I mean, if you listen to our Easter eggs, me and Bobby, big football fans, go to slasherradio.com forward slash fantasy football to join the Slasher Radio Fantasy Football League. That's right, we're doing it again, damn it. We already have some people. The draft is going to be, ah, shit. I think it's 10 p.m. Eastern time. On Saturday, so this is coming out Thursday night, late Thursday night. Uh, so you you don't have much time, and there's only going to be 12 teams. I think there's already, I don't remember how many are left. So it's a $10 entry fee. That's it. It's through Yahoo. You know, it's not some shanty shit that we set up. And uh, $10 entry fee is the minimum. So and you know why not add some stakes to it? And we have four cash prizes. That's right, four of them. First place gets $75, second place gets $35, most points gets $5, and best record gets $5. So, go to, I mean, you could go to the Yahoo uh, Fantasy and look us up, but the easiest way to do it, slasherradio.com forward slash fantasy football, and, you know, you'll see the little icon there, you click it, and it'll take you right to it, and you to Yahoo, and you can join it. Uh, so, don't miss out on that, it's a lot of fun. We're going to be giving weekly updates during the show every week, and, um... Yeah, uh, hit us up on Twitter, guys. We want to hear what your top three prolific movies are. So check the show out at SlasherRadio.com, at SlasherRadio on Twitter. I'm at Mikey's Dead on Twitter. Bobby is at Bobby Spitzer with two R's. Bobby Cheeks, flip, flat, flip, flat. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best of Slasher Radio podcast. Some of the most annoying fucking shit on the planet, that ringtone. God damn it. Well, you are. Wow. Hi hi to you, too. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? Poor Amber. Amber, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Uh, You're always thinking of making a fucking 
promo pic of the fucking hose movie. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh dear God, how's everybody doing? Minky, there we at? I'm in, baby. Oh, slimy. What's going slimy. on, guys? We got a full house tonight. Oh, look at this! You get a little heart throbbing in the corner there. I bet that's you, Mikey. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's uh, that's Bobby. I don't know what I, I'm not doing. Bobby, Bobby just to confirm. Oh, you got your heart throbbing. Yeah, that's shit. me. Yeah. Just to confirm. What's up? Is my mic fucking terrible or not? No, oh. you actually sound pretty good. Yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? We hear you good. You too. I need to turn up my volume in general, so that's that's on me. Yeah, everybody sounds good. I don't hear a problem with nobody. Yeah, really, Mikey? Really, Mikey? Even me? Even you. Even you. Wow. All right. Cool. Yeah, I can hear you. Your ass cheeks sound like Velcro, you bastard. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, just, okay. means he, just means he needs to wipe better. <laughs> do do Tracy Morgan. Oh God. She's already with the fucking Tracy Morgan. I'm not even on for three minutes. <laughs> He's been waiting all week for Tracy Morgan, I think. I'm sending you the hearts. What was it, two months ago that I was on? You've been waiting this whole time, Bobby? Come on. Come on, man. Don't keep us hanging. <laughs> no, you, hey, you know what? Don't worry. I'll do Tracy Morgan. It'll be for the after show. Come don't on, worry. Do the, do the Tracy Morgan. Do it right now. Oh, come on. Do the Tracy yes. Morgan. I have a chance for me, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm giving you hearts. What more do you want me to do? I'm giving you hearts. Oh, you wait. Know? Is that where those hearts are coming from? Oh, you... God damn it. I knew you loved me, you motherfucker. can't say no now, can you? <laughs> no, I can't say no as long as you're giving me hearts. I don't even know what's going on with this thing here. The, the hearts just show up in the corner, and I don't even get it. It's like a fucking semi-truck coming up behind you. <laughs> oh, God, it's like a Walmart truck, and I'm sitting here in a supercar, and it, it crashed into me. <laughs> Am I the only one listening to the Jerky Boys, or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone else has love for the Jerky Boys. It's funny as fuck. <sighs> Alright, guys, well, I mean, I'm sure you all know pretty much it's just pretty laid-back talk. Uh, we're We're gonna do... Bobby had a good idea. Prolific horror movies to us. I think, you know, we all kind of got the gist of that. So it should be. I hear crickets. Yeah. No, that's, is that that's like me? A joke? That's, no, that's me because uh, I'm sitting outside on my phone. Oh, all right. Where, are you in the wilderness? No, I'm in my backyard. I just. I thought that was like a statement on how boring you found the show. He's just doing an indie version of Slither. Let's face it. Oh, nice. Yeah, somebody else who likes Slither. Good. Are those Jersey crickets I hear? Those are Jersey crickets. Be oh, jealous. God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't have grass where you live. I okay. have grass, damn it. My lawn it's just looks fucking terrible. Turf. It's just fucking turf from the Mets stadium because nobody uses it. Hey, I'm not going <laughs> to fight you on that, man. Fuck the Mets. Yo, Mikey, who's getting those fucking shadows? Do you, do you want to give the shout-outs? <laughs> is, is that your way of asking, can I give the shout-outs? Go ahead. Well, come on now, dude. You gotta do the shout-outs. Yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah, now now when, when time comes, you gotta do them. Fuck, man. I don't know fucking who all your sponsors are. Oh, come on. You went in like you wanted to do it, that. and now... Yeah, yeah fucking setting you, you up like a boss. Put on yeah, just gotta do like an intro. Boss. All right. Just talk a fucking some... natural intro into the shout-outs, and you're fucking like... Let's do it like this way. Oh, oh well, God. we got to do the, the ins and outs of things. You know what? One of our sponsors this week 
is Squarespace. We really like Squarespace. What the fuck All is right? Squarespace? It's Squarespace. It's for, it's for fucking uh, the website, Squarespace. It's like you, Wix. You need a space, and it's in the shape of a square, Squarespace. There we go. There you go. Yeah, shout out to Squarespace. Shout out to our sponsors this week, Square fucking Space. Squarespace, MySpace, Tom. <laughs> Tom oh, my MySpace. Yes, let's also shout out our other sponsors this week. There's MySpace. If you have a shitty garage van that you really want everybody to know about, MySpace. Whoa. We're suing MySpace. Yeah, we do have a problem. You know, I think we would be able to get money out of Squarespace. I don't think we're getting any money from MySpace, to be honest. <laughs> Tom said I fucking walk out. people on MySpace, three teenage girls, garage bands and pedophiles. And sandboxes. There you go. Just grab yourself a handful of sand and, and step in front of a microphone. MySpace. There's your fucking uh, advertisement for MySpace. Hashtag uh, pocket sand. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta make sure everything's recording and we can get the ball rolling on this thing. Uh, you mean you haven't been recording this shit? This I have, but I want to double make sure everything's recording. Yeah, you don't want to miss any of this gold. No, no, no. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to roll? Everybody ready? Yep. Ready? Yep. You guys are. All right. That's going, and that's going, and I need to take a drink before I fucking start this. Hey, go ahead, I'm gonna do this. Anybody yeah. gotta pee, go pee now. Yeah, if anybody gotta take a shit, piss, brown or yellow. Done. You think I'm not gonna do that shit on Mike? I'm the fucking resident <laughs> shit poster. Why do, you, why do you think that you got a laptop? You can just do that shit while you're why, shitting. Why do you think I'm on my phone? <laughs> Fair. So, wait, so are we gonna have a segment where everybody just goes to take a shit and we have a shit talk? We have a shit talk. Fuck, you gotta hear that shit flush. <laughs> yeah, if you don't hear the flush, it didn't happen. I want to hear the toilet paper ripping off the roll. <laughs> I might have to get I a hear, closer to the roll. I want to hear the plop, plop as it hits the water. There you go. See? Shit. Now we're talking. No, yeah, just that... fuck it. Turn the cameras on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the bullshit. Not for the gruff. Freaking age say. restricted on, age, on YouTube on that one. Yeah, right. Go. Bobby Spitzer, shit's naked. <laughs> Remember that time you were talking to your girl and you were like, you were taking a piss on the phone with me and you were like, pants all the way down. Wait, like, why were you pissing on your phone? <laughs> he refused to hang up with me and he brought the phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I I'm thought taking... you were getting at that he was pissing on his phone. I'm like, what? Oh, no, he was on the phone with me. He goes, I'm taking a piss, door open, pants all the way down. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ass out. Hey, you one of those one kids in elementary school where you'd take your pants down to your ankles even when you were taking a piss in the fucking urinal. I feel like I should do that, that now. Face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, you gotta talk fucking shit with me right now. I'm dropping bombs. Right. Teacher walking by. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Listen, you keep giving me gruff. I'm gonna fucking shit in the urinal. You understand? That's when there's a problem. See, now that's when you piss off the janitor. He didn't do nothing. <laughs> now you're making. And him. that's why. And that's why he's the fucking red herring in the horror film. And South right? Park. Why am I not at all surprised that Bobby Cheeks was good friends with the janitor? I told him, I said, you know what, man? I ain't going to shit in it just for you because you're my boy. <laughs> because he's a son of the janitor. The janitor's like, you do that for me, and I promise I'll keep these fucking toilets clean every time you come in. Fresh urinal cakes every day. Every day. No, you wanted to be friends with the janitor so you could get away with more shit. Exactly. If you need somewhere to go when you're skipping class, boom. 
That's true. He's the one everybody's blaming when they murder start. True, true. Yeah, I don't know if I'm the only one old enough to have been in a high school that still had uh, smoking sections. Oh, God. So, yeah, I don't yeah, want that. I was. That's one of the reasons why you made friends with the janitors, because they... You mean the entire fucking campus? No, I'm talking about high school. There used to be smoking sections in high school. I repeat, the entire freaking campus? Dude, in my school, they they were locking down on smoking big time, man. I mean, yeah, people tried it all over, but it was hard to get away with that shit. But all right. All right, Yeah, do do your fucking commercials. Come on. My commercials. Tell us about Warby Parker and whatever the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Friday the 13th.com. That's right. (sighs) All right, let's go.